Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job shows us how God is working behind the scenes preparing us for divine appointments. Little do you know that some of the people that you're walking by, some of the people that you think are hard-hearted, God is orchestrating. God has been moving things around, hoping that you, yes, you would have the boldness to open up your mouth and to step into that divine appointment. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Have you ever missed an appointment, maybe with your doctor, something at your kid's school, or hopefully not a court appearance? Missing appointments is not a good feeling. And Mark, you've got a lot of responsibility. You've got assistance around you. I'm sure you've never missed an appointment, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've missed a few ways, and it is never a good feeling. And never a court appearance. Uh, never, No, no, never a court appearance. Okay. Uh, recently, I did have to do one over Zoom, though. That was an interesting oh, okay. experience. All right. But, you know, it's a terrible feeling when you miss an appointment because— Usually an appointment is something that's important, something that's necessary, something that's going to help you out. I believe that over and over, Wayne, God is setting up divine appointments Mm -hmm. for us, Uh, appointments where he has moved people into the right position, prepared their heart to hear us speak into their lives. And I'm convinced also that a lot of us miss those divine appointments because we're not looking for them. Right. And so this message here, I think, is going to be an encouragement for many of us to open up our eyes, look around, and saying, what are the divine appointments that God is setting up for us? So open your eyes and your Bible, if you can, to Acts chapter 10. Here's Mark Job. First thing I want you to remember about divine appointments and not missing them is this. God has been at work way before you show up. Acts chapter 10. This is a story about the Apostle Peter and a divine appointment. I think there's some powerful lessons we can learn. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1 of Acts chapter 10. It says, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his families were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day about three in the afternoon he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying at Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. Word of the Lord. Number one. I want you to remember that God has been working before you show up. There's a powerful principle in this, is that anywhere you walk on earth, anywhere you go, any new job that you step into, a school that you attend, neighborhood that you move move into, a group of people that you encounter for the first time, you could be sure of this, that God the majestic God of the universe, the sovereign God of all, over all creation, that God has already been at work way before you showed up. Think about that. 
That God has already been talking to people, moving people pieces around, ministering to people, convicting by His Holy Spirit. That God has already shown up and He's already done some work before you even show up in that place. Sometimes I feel like we have this idea that we have to make things happen. I want you to know that it's not about us making things happen. It's about us cooperating with God who's already making things happen. You are not the initiator. You are the cooperator. How many of you know you can't save anybody? You can't change anybody? You can't heal anybody. You can't convict anybody. You can't straighten anybody out. That's what God does. You just cooperate with what God is already doing. Some of you need to stop playing God. You think you got to do it. And God says, you know what? You can't do it. You can barely change yourself. How how are you going to even start changing someone else? So stop trying to play God. Let God be God. And you cooperate with what God is doing. I know I'm talking to someone here today. So listen to what's happening. It says, at Caesarea, Caesarea was a city that was a coastal city, predominantly a Roman city. If, if you understand, in those days, the Roman Empire was a huge empire. They were the conquering people, and they had conquered Judea. And Peter and the rest of the Jewish people were under the power of the Romans. They were the invaders. And this happened to be a city that had a lot of Roman legions in there. And it happens to say that there was a Roman centurion. He was high up in the Roman army. These centurions had wealth. They had power. They had allegiance to Rome. But they were also the conquerors. They were the invaders. They were brutal. They were men of war. They were strong. They were oppressive. And this centurion, though, was an anomaly. He and his family, although he was Roman, was a devout, God-fearing man. He wasn't a believer in Jesus, but he was a believer in God. And he prayed. He didn't fully understand the gospel, but he had faith in God. Uh, Many of you know that the Romans, they uh, believed in many gods. They were uh, pluralistic in the sense that they accepted a lot of gods. And the Romans themselves had hundreds of gods, the God of war and the God of fertility, the God of love and the God of uh, vengeance and the God of the sea. And so if you were a Roman, you were connected to many, many gods. This centurion Cornelius was an anomaly. He had been exposed to Judaism, the God of the Old Testament, and he had embraced monotheism, in other words, one God. And he had started to follow this God, and although he was not Jewish, he actually was a a practitioner of the Jewish religion in the sense that he was following the God of the Old Testament. And he prayed on a regular basis, and about this time, at three o'clock in the afternoon is when the Jewish people prayed, even though he was Italian, not Jewish, when the Jewish people prayed... He also was praying, and in the middle of a prayer, he had a vision. He wasn't dreaming. He wasn't asleep. He had a vision. An angel appeared to him. 
He was shocked like you and I would be shocked if you had a vision. And the angel said to him directly, hey, I want you to go to a town that's 30 miles away. There's a man by the name of Peter, Simon, known as Peter. I want you to go and get him because he has a message for you. Here's what I want you to understand about this. There's a couple insights I want to give you here. I want you to know that there are people in your life right now that are not believers. They don't understand the gospel. They're not followers of Jesus, but they're people of faith. And they may not fully understand the gospel. They may not have read the Bible very clearly, but in their heart they love God. And they're searching And they're praying the way that they know how to pray. They may not be praying in Jesus' name. It may not be clear. They may be a little confused about their faith. But they are seeking after the true God in their own way, saying, I need to know God. I wish someone would explain things to me. I have a heart to understand the things of God, but they they don't know God. They don't understand God. They don't fully comprehend the things of God, and God is setting up some divine appointments for you possibly, yeah, you, to be the one that speaks to them. And sometimes we're walking right by that divine appointment. I have so many stories of divine appointments in my life. Some of them I've missed, and others... I've stepped into, and I knew it was just all God. For example, a couple years ago, I was taking a trip to Spain with a couple young leaders. I was asked to speak at a conference. We were in a hurry. Our time was tight. We flew through New York, and when I got to New York City, they said there's a problem in Spain. The air traffic controllers are on strike. And so none of the planes that normally can go into the airport in Madrid called Barajas are landing there. We have to reroute people until the strike is over. And I thought, you don't understand. I'm speaking at a conference. If I don't get there, they're going to be in a tough spot. They're going to be left without a speaker. And so I tried to contact the conference speakers and say, hey, I hope I make it. But, hey, Spain is on strike. And so they rerouted us through New York, then we got on a plane, headed, headed to Madrid, Spain. We're in the air, and the pilot gets on the loudspeaker, and he says to us, hey, folks, the strike in Spain is still not over. We're not allowed to land in Spain. We're going to have to reroute and land in Paris. Well, that sounds fun if you've never been to Paris, but if you have somewhere to go, you need to go there. And so we landed in Paris, and I'm kind of like, wow, this is crazy. I'm not going to make it. There was a guy next to me that was kind of foul-mouthed, swearing, unhappy that he was not making it to Spain because he was going to a wedding. Just, you know, one of these crass, swearing New York guys. And so he was waiting for his luggage and just telling me how ticked he was and blinkety-blink this, and they're not doing that, and I can't believe I'm not going to make it, and this is an important wedding. 
And so I'm just kind of chatting with him a little bit about his luggage and so forth. And so we go to a hotel in Paris, and uh, I'm, I, I'm telling the guys that I'm with, hey, let's go downtown. we got a few hours. Let's at least go downtown Paris, make the most of it before we catch our plane maybe in the morning. And he heard our conversation, and he said, hey, his name was Raul. Hey, can I go with you? I'm like, uh, okay. So Raul hitched a ride with us in a taxi to go downtown Paris, and I discovered in talking to Raul that he was an architect from New York City, and he kept going on and on, and I could tell he was far from God, and so we went to the Eiffel Tower, took a little thing there, went around there, then he finally got around to asking me what I did. So what do you do, he says. I said, well, I'm a pastor. He stopped you know, I get that a lot. I have these conversations. Guys are joking about women and swearing, saying this and that. Then when they find out I'm a pastor, they start rehearsing everything that they've told me before they found out I'm a pastor. So we sat down in a little cafe in Paris with this foul mouth architect. And I started talking to him about the things of God. And he said to me, hey, this is kind of crazy It may sound like a coincidence, but I don't think it is. He said, you know, my son, who I don't talk to a lot, he's one of you pastors. (laughs) And he said, he told me that recently that he's been fasting and praying, going without eating. And I asked him why. He said, because he's fasting and praying for me. And I can't help but think that I'm stuck in... Paris in a little cafe with a pastor thousands of miles away because my son has a burden for me and he's praying and fasting that God would touch me. And I started presenting the gospel to him. Yeah. He got all choked up. We had a great conversation about his need for God, and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to tell my son. I'm going to start pursuing this. And I thought to myself, hold on, God. Really? You did this to me? You routed 250 passengers. You caused a strike in Spain, brought us to Paris, because some pastor in Texas is fasting and praying that his dad would come to know Jesus. Wow. Wow. You say, Pastor, you really think that it happened that way? Absolutely. I believe that when people fast and pray that God moves mountains, causes strikes, reroutes traffic, does whatever he has to do, because when you fast and pray, there is power. There is power. That was a divine appointment orchestrated by God so that I could speak with them. We never know when we find ourselves in the middle of a divine appointment. That's the takeaway from today's message so far. Mark Job will continue in just a few moments. His message, Empowered Spirit-Filled Witnesses, our series. Mark, uh, we've invited listeners to ask questions, and I have a question here. So if you have a question you'd like Mark to answer on the program, just go to boldstepsradio.org, and uh, that's where this listener reached us. Here's the question that comes from a listener through our website. I just listened to your sermon on Mary and Martha I've heard many uh, on this passage. My type A personality wants to know who was supposed to prepare the meal 
as required by their laws. <laughs> well, let me just say to our listener, I've had a lot of type A personalities <laughs> that really don't like this story and come back and say, hold on a second. I'm a Martha because there's a yeah. lot of Marys around me that don't want to do work. Good point. My wife and I used to joke that when it was time to do chores, our teenagers said, uh, I'm doing my devotions, Dad. I can't help out right now. <laughs> but here's what I would say. This, by the way, is from Luke chapter 10, where Jesus visits the house of Mary and Martha and says to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed only one, Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And here's what I would say to our listener. Jesus is not advocating for a lack of work or not to be engaged right. in responsible behavior. Yeah. Can't slack off, can we? No, he, he's not advocating for us just to, you know, sway to worship music all day and let our house run down and not go to work. That's not what Jesus is advocating for. Here's the challenge. He's advocating for how to work like a Martha while keeping the heart of a Mary. Mm -hmm. And what Jesus is telling Martha, not that she shouldn't work, he was telling her that she had lost her posture of valuing what was important in the middle of her work. Keep it in balance. Keep it in perspective, right? Yeah. And, and you know, we could do that in the in the church. Sometimes people get so concerned about setting up and working and responsibilities that we forget that the whole point is we're there to worship. Mm -hmm. And so I think what Jesus is telling Martha is Martha... Yeah, you're working hard, but don't forget the heart of worship. Yeah, excellent. Thank you for that, Mark. And if you have a question for Mark, just go to our website, boldstepsradio.org. Uh, look for Ask a Question on the left side of the webpage there. Ask a Question at boldstepsradio.org. Well, let's jump back into the second half of today's study about divine appointments. Here again is Mark Job. I believe that every day God is setting things in motion for you to talk to people that he's preparing and some of you are walking right by Raul's because you think, wow, he's a foul-mouthed person. He's not interested in God. Little do you know that he, some of the people that you're walking by, some of the people you're not talking to, some of the people that you think are hard-hearted, God is preparing them. God is orchestrating. God has been at work on some of these people's lives. Some of these people that you're not talking to have a son or daughter down in Florida saying, Lord, touch my father. And you work with the father. You're the only Christian in the father's life, but you've never opened up your mouth. You've never spoken a word. Little do you know that God has been Put, putting you two together, moving things around, letting this guy move out of that shift, bringing this guy into your shift, putting him right beside you, hoping that you, yes, you would have the boldness to open up your mouth and to step into that divine appointment. The Bible says that Cornelius had a vision of God even though he wasn't a believer yet. And God spoke to him. And so he got a couple of his guys and sent them 30 miles away to this house to find this guy named Peter, the tanner. And God said to him, Yea, I've heard your prayers. I'm going to send someone in your direction. 
Because I have a purpose and a plan for what I want to do in your life. Remember that God is working behind the scenes. God is working behind the scenes. God is preparing people. God is bringing people the right way. We have a guy right here. I, I, I saw him in service. I don't know. Edwin, are you here? Wave at me if you are. Yeah, Edwin right over there. He told me that he had heard the gospel, come to Christ, but had been hurt and hadn't been in church in years. Decided he wasn't going to go to church. People had invited him to New Life Community Church, and he'd like, nah, you know. And he kept seeing the building, but he'd walk past it and thought, no, 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 I'm not going to go. Then his job, at his job, they said, hey, we want you to set up a booth that promotes English as a second language at this church called New Life Community Church. And so he set up a booth out in the hallway because his boss told him he had to. And he set up a booth there to sign people up as a second language. And while he was in the foyer, he started hearing the preaching of the Word of God. And he listened a little bit more and listened a little bit more. And then the next Sunday when his boss didn't send him, he came and he sat in the service. And God got a hold of Edwin's life in a strong way. Why? Divine appointment. So I want you to remember that God has been working behind the scenes before you ever show up. Number two, I want you to remember that God is preparing you to seize the opportunities. The Bible says then in verse 9 that Peter, who had no idea that Cornelius had had a vision, this Roman soldier 30 miles away had had a vision, Peter was hungry and they were preparing dinner downstairs, and so he went up to the rooftop. In those days, you could walk on the rooftop. This is where they... And he went up to the rooftop to pray. And he became very hungry, and he wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Uh, he had this vision in which there was a big sheet, and on the sheet were a bunch of animals. And God said to him, kill those animals and eat them. But there was a problem because these animals were, they were unclean animals. They were for, forbidden in the Jewish law to eat certain kind of animals. And Peter said, God forbid, I'll never eat those. Those are unkosher. And God said to him, what I have made clean, let no man declare that's unclean. And Peter was scratching his head. What exactly does that mean? And then about that time, the Holy Spirit said to Peter, Peter, I'm going to send some men to come and get you. I want you to go with them. While Peter was w wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Can I tell you something? I believe that not only does God work behind the scenes, but sometimes God has to prepare us to seize the opportunities. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Did you know there's a variety of ways you can listen to this daily program? All of our messages are archived online at boldstepsradio.org, so you can listen to them 24-7. 
You can also find us on several social media platforms. Just log on to your Facebook or Instagram account and search for Bold Steps. You can also connect with us on our new YouTube channel where we have engaging videos on topics such as finding your purpose or handling grief in your life, among others. Watch and share with others. Find us at youtube.com slash at Bold Steps Radio. This daily program and these platforms are made possible in part by the generous financial gifts of listeners like you who want to share Mark's bold Bible teaching with the rest of the world. And when you give a gift each month, we'll add your name to our growing list of bold partners. A bold partner is a faithful listener who helps us shoulder the financial responsibilities of this radio ministry so we can reach people all across the country and even the world. We're reaching people from Texas, California, Florida, even Singapore. So if you're not a part of this amazing team, let me invite you to take your next bold step and join us. Call 844-615-7363 or sign up online at boldstepsradio.org. Today, when you give a monthly gift or a one-time gift of any amount to support Bold Steps, we'll say thanks by sending you a copy of our latest Bold Step gift. You know, as Christians, we've been given the incredible invitation to get to know the creator of the universe. So how do we accept this life-changing offer and make sure we don't get caught up in simply going through the motions? Well, Pastor Louis Giglio has prepped a wonderful little guide that will walk you through a 66-day journey to draw closer to Jesus. It's called At the Table with Jesus, and it's available only this month, so don't wait. Make your donation and request this Bold Step gift at boldstepsradio.org. And whether you're taking off for a winter vacation or looking ahead to a busy new year, we want to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so you can take these daily messages with you and listen wherever you go. Just go to your podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. And as these Bible teachings have helped you, why not share them with a friend and leave a five-star review there to help us reach more people with the gospel. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Be sure to listen again tomorrow when Mark shows us how to be aware of the divine appointments in your life. It's the final message in our series on being an empowered, spirit-filled witness. And you'll hear it Friday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.